1: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
2: presented by botano the dog days of summer are here but don't fret the hockey season is just around the corner and back after a bit of a summer hiatus nick alberga and jay rose rosie how are you buddy
0: Feeling like we haven't done this in a while, man. A little hiatus is right, but uh, that's what you got to do in the summer in Canada. Soak it up while you can. But like you said, we are barreling down the NHL season right in front of us, man.
2: Man, it, it seems like just yesterday we were talking on July 1. They signed Max Domi and others. And next thing you know, we're sitting here on August 21st and training camp's just around the corner and we're going to get cooking for season number two of Least Morning take. It's pretty nuts.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, it seems like we just started this thing last year in the season they had. And I think, uh, you know, there's reason to be excited for this one. We got some uh, different faces going on. There's some uncertainty for sure. But uh, I think we'll get back into it and a lot to be uh, excited for
2: this year, I'd say. First and foremost, the people want to hear what you've been up to roughly the last uh, six weeks. I know we've done some intermittent video videos here and there, but we, we did take about two, three weeks off here. So what have you been up to this summer?
0: Yeah, I did a couple interviews there from the cabin, been out in the shoe swap for a few weeks, um, playing some golf, playing with my kids, uh, there was some water skiing, my kids are skiing behind the boat and doing all kinds of stuff so like I said you got to suck, soak it up in this uh, country but it's coming to an end quick. It's getting a little crispy at nighttime if you haven't noticed.
2: It is, and and not to preach too much, but it has been struggle town for yours truly. It's been about five days since I got back from Europe, man. It takes me like two months to decompress after a Euro trip, but I don't know. I was only gone like thirteen days, but just the the levels of drinking, the the no sleep, like it really really catches up to you. So like I find I get home and normally I go to bed at like three four a.m. I go to bed right now at like eleven thirty. I'm finished for the day, man. It's nuts.
0: It seemed like you were gone for like a month, to be honest with you. You just didn't come back, but you were given her. And uh, obviously a good experience, I imagine. The Leafs are going to go there this year, are they not?
2: Yeah, they're going to head out. Uh, yeah, that's that's right. And and that'll be a big story, I believe, in November when they play a couple of games. But it's, a, it's important to note, too, that I think both those games are qualified road games, not home games. Uh, God forbid the Leafs give up a home day, right?
0: They never would. Not a chance. I bet no. you that wasn't even on the table for them. Yeah. Someone else can take that hit and... I think they do some revenue sharing, obviously, blah, blah, so the owners don't uh, lose out. But I don't think the Leafs are interested in uh, in even going there with their with their fan base and money that's thrown around with their home games and whatnot. I don't even think that was on the table.
2: Here's a hypothetical. If you and I went on a road trip and we watched the Leafs play in Europe, would we return in one piece?
0: <laughs> Fuck. It'd be interesting to see, man, all the Leafs jerseys. And, I mean, that it, they are a worldwide brand, a worldwide team. Their fan base extends far beyond Toronto Um, it would be exciting to see how it went but nonetheless if we went and watched I'm sure we'd be uh, be ripping it up as much as anybody
2: you never answered my question but that is your answer Uh, smash that like button leave us a review at the Leafs Nation 401 where you can subscribe on YouTube we're also available wherever you find your podcast just by searching Leafs Morning Takes so we got a bunch of topics again a lot a bit has changed I would say in the last couple weeks not so much on Nylander and Matthews we'll get to that but I have to start, uh, obviously, with a, a pretty sobering story and, and Rodian Amarov losing his life at the age of 21. Like Right away when I see this story, people trying to say Toronto Maple Leafs forward and prospect Rodian Amarov. To me, it's just a 21-year-old who passed away, and, and that that's the part that hurts. Yeah, he played hockey, but I think in, in in scenarios like that, you have to humanize it so quick. Just such a sad story, Rosie.
0: Yeah, it really is. Obviously, like you said, we talk about it because he was a Maple Leafs prospect, but for a young man, I mean, that's just the ultimate tragedy. And I just, my heart goes out to his parents and his family when, you know, you, you lose someone at that age at the very beginning of their adulthood and with so much you know, to look forward to and be excited for. And I can imagine their parents, you know, a young man with drive and passion, obviously for something. And they had so much excitement for his life to, to move forward and to do what he was doing and, and to be taken away. It's just, it's just heartbreaking. And I mean, obviously the, the Leafs and everyone else around them send out their condolences, but uh, at the end of the day, a young man loses his life, you know, needlessly from, you know, a brain tumor and cancer. It's just, it's sad. It's sad as could be. And, uh, hockey aside, obviously just a tra- tragedy. And for a young man to to just be taken like that, I can't imagine the the pain that their family is feeling.
2: It really puts life into perspective. And as we record this, I believe uh, hours earlier, they did a bit of a service, a funeral service down in Ufa in Russia. And they they had the, uh, the KHL arena where everybody paid their respects. He was laid to rest as well. And just, it's one of those things where you're almost at a loss for words. It really puts life into perspective that, You know, a year and a half ago, this kid was healthy, gets diagnosed with a brain tumor in February of 2022, and next thing you know, he's done. Uh, 21 years of age, and it really, really is a sobering story, honestly, when you look at it, and again, I don't really look at it as a hockey story. The fact that a 21-year-old, super healthy pro athlete, drafted first round in the NHL to lose his life the way he did, just, uh, I think, a stern reminder how short life truly can be, Rosie.
0: Yeah, and also puts things in perspective with this hockey thing that we do and this team that we care about and get frustrated about and get mad about. I mean, you can step back once in a while. It's good for people to you know be reminded that life is fleeting and this hockey thing is not the most important thing in the world we care about it the passion is there absolutely but sometimes you step back and say my god a a young man like that has lost his life and it kind of does put things in perspective so maybe um maybe a good perspective to remind ourselves in in leafs nation as we move forward with this season you know what's really important and uh you know keep the loved ones close man because things like that happen and it's uh like i said an absolute tragedy
2: very well said and it made me think back to the home opener last year against the Washington Capitals if you recall Rodian Amrov was in the building for that and they announced him as uh you know a player on the team i thought it was a really really nice touch to have him there considering everything he had been through i think they were very private about the situation i think i can respect that that we the media or the fans really didn't know much about what was going on right we were told initially what had transpired and after that, they didn't say much, much more. So, again, our thoughts and prayers with the family, the teammates. I thought John Tavares had some really, really, uh, you know, nice comments on the situation. Like, it it really is sad. And you never have, like, the words to express, especially if you haven't been through a situation like that, whether you're a friend or a family member or a teammate, uh, to talk about, you know, the player. And and so I want, I thought it was important to lead with that today because it was such a sad story. And for me, it really hit home just as – a 21 year old kid, you know, hockey aside, a 21 year old kid losing your life. Like you should live to your 80, 85 years old, you know?
0: Yeah. And you know, in my line of work with firefighting, I see death all the time and I don't get rattled by very much and things happen. But when I think about being a father and, and losing one of my sons, I can't even, I can't even go there just to think about it or to, to exercise that possibility. I just, I won't do it. I can't do it. And for that reason to, to have that kid, like I said, with the passion and, and life ahead of him, and I mean, their parents, I'm sure, were more excited about his life's future than their own. Yeah. And to have that taken away, I my heart just goes out to their his parents.
2: It's all I can pretty much say, and it's a it's a tough transition. I'll try my best here, but I wanted to lead off with that story because I thought it was the most important here as we recap what's transpired the last month or so here in Leafs Nation. But the Leafs-Rosie have themselves a a third-string netminder. Martin Jones, a one-year deal, 875K, played last season with Seattle. I know this sternly because I watch Kraken games and I had him in fantasy hockey. He wasn't great. The numbers look fantastic, 27-13-3. Maybe speaks to how good that Kraken team was. But a 2.95, an 887, three shutouts. But obviously the plan is for Jones to somehow find his way to the AHL. And I say somehow. I just don't think he's going to make it through waivers. So to me it's a paper transaction. I just don't know how he makes it through waivers. You know, assuming that it's going to be Samsonov and Wall to start the year
0: yeah we'll we'll see I guess I mean to pick a guy up on waivers it doesn't happen all the time goalies are different they're uh, mm-hmm. you know they're more sought after and it just depends what team and what what time of year they do it I know they time waivers at a certain time when there's just uh, you know a load of guys going down after yeah. training camp and people are still trying to figure out what they're doing maybe someone does it they do it earlier than most so that people are still trying to figure out what they need and he slips through the cracks um again we'll see what happens uh he's probably gonna have to go through re-entry waivers as well to come back up which is a half price thing if it's still the way it used to be should brush up on that but <laughs> at the end of the day they, they want a goalie with some experience they want somebody who's you know got some games behind him last year if you remember throughout the fall they're leaning heavily on eric shalgren and i mean that is not a position a team that you know considers themselves a stanley cup contender wants to be in albeit. Chalgren showed up and, and played very well and kept them in the mix, got them some wins and kept them, you know, where they needed to be throughout the injuries that their goaltenders had early in the season last year. But ultimately you don't want to put yourself in the position where you're leaning on a young kid with no experience to keep you in there when you're trying to win a division and put yourself in, in position. I mean, November, December that can shoot a team in the foot and you can be, uh, you know, behind the eight ball and just, just swimming you know, upstream trying to get yourself back in position after that. So I think they're just trying to prevent themselves from being in that position again. But something that I think about is what about Eric Schalgren, like a guy that has done everything they've asked for, wants to be that third string guy, got thrown into the fire last year, produced, showed that he could handle it, and then boom, they just signed this guy to kind of bump him down the depth chart even more. Something that people don't really think about when these moves happen is what happens to that guy and what's his uh, state of mind right now?
2: Yeah, and you got to you gotta think of it from Shulgren's department too, like what he wants for his career. But I, I think without question, you want to find a way to formulate depth when it comes to the crease, right? And that's what they're thinking here. We talked about this a month ago with Brian Elliott, right? Like it went without saying they need to add at least one more guy. I think you look around the league, and I think the Leafs are a perfect example of this in recent memory. Like it, it brings me back to 2020. I know it was a different time, obviously, with COVID. You needed like a billion guys just to, to be able to play. But Aaron Dell was a guy who had some NHL experience. They signed him. Didn't end up playing a game for the Maple Leafs because he was plucked off waivers. And as we've seen a lot through the last five, six, seven years, it seems like any Leaf that goes through waivers, they get claimed just because they're Toronto Maple Leafs. But I think you make a good point. Like I think they're going to try their heart- hardest to, to sneak Martin Jones through waivers. Maybe that's a move that you make a week into training camp and you know, and he knows that He's likely to play some games. I mean, find me a tandem that's played, you know, and combined to play all 82 games. Like I think it goes without saying they're going to need at least a third guy to make this work this season. So maybe that's how it works, but I I thought it was a cheeky little pickup. I just, I have my reservations if he's actually going to be a Maple Leaf after say the drop of the puck in the first game of the season, just more so because we know how many teams out there always looking for depth in between the pipes. Meantime, as mentioned, Rosie, not much to report on the Nylander front. Ditto for Austin Matthews. When do you expect something on this, man? Maybe in September?
0: I don't know, man. I really don't know with these two guys. I just... It, it just comes down to they're in a spot where they've got these players they need to sign and some of them are paid too much and some of them need to be paid more. And it's just... There's a cap and it's just like, how is this going to work? I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I... I have this feeling we're going to use, lose Nylander and yeah. sadly he's kind of one of the ones that I want to keep. And because he's one of the ones that most people want to keep is why he needs to get paid more. And it's just a bad position that they're in. And I keep going down the the line to John Tavares' contract and just thinking, you know, if he was making $3 million less this would probably solve a lot of problems, but he's at that number that you just double take sometimes at his age. And, you know, he's a solid leader and his production's not bad at blah, blah, blah. But is, is he worth that amount of money? I think he's a little bit, he's a little bit overpaid and I think it's crushing the cap and it's, it's hurting the core four. And I think that it's the reason we're sitting where we are right now, why we don't have Nylander locked up and, I think they'll get Matthews done. I think he'll want to stay here. I don't think he's going everyone he's going to, just because he's born in Phoenix doesn't mean he wants to go live there with all his, yeah. Some people want to get the hell away from home. I don't know, but I think they'll get Matthews done. I'm worried about Nylander. I don't know how we're going to get them all done.
2: I have this theory that the Matthews contract is done. It reminds me a lot of Nathan McKinnon a year ago where like they didn't announce it on July one, but we all knew Nathan McKinnon, especially after winning a Stanley cup in Denver was going to resign their long-term and, I think they kicked off training camp by announcing the McKinnon extension. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Like I, I do firmly believe because there's been just too much around it for like six months that they know what it takes. They they have something agreed upon. And it, it, it's just my theory and my speculation, and my opinion that Matthews will, will sign that extension somewhere around training camp when it begins. As for Nylander, I, I have the same feel as you and it's more so because we know the father, right? Like we know, sort of the genesis of where this comes from we know what happened last time around where he was willing to take it to the final minute without almost not playing that year so that leads me to believe he's looking for every penny and I, I always commend every player for looking for every penny but there has to be concessions along the way I just don't know if Nylander is going to be that guy and all the power to him like yeah it stinks but I think the only logical play here is to start the year and Nylander not going to have a new deal in place and this is your final kick of the can with the core four. Like, it's tough to say that, and it's tough to come to the realization that you might lose this guy for nothing, but it's the way you play the game sometimes.
0: Yeah, and you'll see what position they're in. And, I mean, if we know that Nylander doesn't bend, he's he's proven yeah. that he's not scared to go the distance and to hold out. Um, And if, you know, Tree Living says it's just not there, we can't make it work, then maybe he's – putting a trade in the works by December, like who knows, you know, or, um, you know, maybe this season's not going the way they want. And they do something at the deadline with Nylander. I, I think that it, you're going to know if you're not going to be able to sign him you, and you don't want to lose him for nothing. If you're on a Stanley cup, you know, worthy tear, maybe you keep him and, and lose him for nothing, but you got to think that, you know, if they're that far apart, they know there's not going to get a deal done. They're going to try to do something. To make better now. Um, Again, I don't know what's gonna happen. I just I know it's not gonna be underbetting the knee and saying, okay, I'll take X amount of million dollars less than you know I'm I'm worth and I'm oh basically.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.
2: that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
1: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST.
2: All right, let's get to the Botano wrap-up. It's presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19+. plus please play responsibly. And if you like betting on hockey, I alert all to go over to betting or botano.ca, I should say, and check out some of the futures props, man. You can bet on everything right now from the rocker Richard trophy. I believe the, the, the second lowest odds right now with Austin Matthews to the Atlantic division to the president's trophy. But I wonder if the Atlantic division Rosie is Toronto's for the taking this year. I know every year we talk about this, but I think you look specifically at Tampa. I think they got worse. Florida's banged up going into next season. And the Boston Bruins, since last we spoke, they lost Krejci and Patrice Bergeron, both retiring. Those are two big-time losses up the middle.
0: Yeah, big time. I have reason to believe that this division is going to be a little bit different this year. Um, You're not going to have the powerhouses that you've had in the past being Tampa Bay Lightning. uh, Boston Bruins are going to look different. Um, You know, Ottawa's kind of starting to make a little bit of a move to start shining and and get into a position where they can be more competitive. Same with Buffalo. But again, um, with this core four in place and the goaltending situation being fairly solid and the upgrades we made at free agency I do think that it's Toronto Maple Leafs division for the taking they come out to a hot start you know the key is not going to be you know losing two in a row getting valuable points um, not giving games away and just chipping away at those points and all of a sudden you got a hundred and some at the end of the year and the other teams just can't keep up and you know that's the position they want to be in going into the playoffs and it's a long season no doubt but I would think they're the front runner right now for that trophy.
2: The Leafs have one division title in the past 23 years, and it was the 2020 North Division. So those statistics speak for themselves. Having said that, I think the biggest key for this team is the start. If you do recall last October, I was pulling my hair out, wondering why they're losing to Arizona and Anaheim and all the worst teams in the NHL. If they can have a good October, I think it's there. I think they win this division because I think it's wide open this year more than other years, this starts everything. And we know this team has a tendency to start really, really slow, especially in this era with Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Tavares. It makes absolutely no sense because they get cooking big time in the month of November. But if they can have a hot start, I think this they, they can get the job done here. So I actually like the value with this bet.
0: Yeah, for sure. And the futures are fun. You know, my Betano accounts got the futures set up down low and you like to go check them out and see that big plus money because, you know, it's tough to pick, but uh, there's money to be made there. I mean, I've picked Jack Adams winners in the middle of the the season when you feel like they're locks and there's still great value there and those futures can be really fun. So I definitely think if you're a Leafs fan, you're watching them jump on their bandwagon to win the division and uh, they're looking pretty sharp and we'll see again, like you said, you don't want to have that dud of, in october like we did last year uh you know they're looking like they're probably set to be the best team in that division but as we know crazy things happen i mean look at boston last year i keep shaking my head in the playoffs how they were just an absolute world-class steamrolling team and they just did nothing it's crazy crazy things happen
2: wouldn't that be a sick story if sheldon keith won the jack adams next year we we as we have this conversation he hasn't signed a new contract brad tree living's now in the mix and we'll see if that transpires but yeah I would head on over, head on over to Botano.ca. So many great little futures looks, you know, from Rocco Richard again, Atlantic Division, the President's Trophy, every major award you can bet on right now. And maybe the Selkies wide open for a guy like Mitch Marner. I know there's guys like Nico Hescher involved in that conversation now with Patrice Bergeron out of the mix, retired. So it could be a, a big year hardware wise for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So. Rosie, we'll leave it at that. Last but not least, uh, what do you make of my clean-shaven face? I won't lie. I was trying to trim things up, and any person who shaved in their day, I, uh, I went too far. I messed things up, and I'm like, i got to go the whole grain. So clean-shaven for the first time in like a decade. It feels weird.
0: Hey, start a new one for the season, man. Uh, get it down to the wood and, and get some new vibes going this year. We'll see what these, uh, these Maple Leafs do. And by the way, what about Mitch Marner for the Lady Bing? Isn't that more his style of hockey?
2: Yeah, but I don't really look at the Lady Bing as a real award. Do you? (laughs) No. Yes. Go Mitch Marner for the Lady Bing. He got married this summer. So congratulations to Mitch Marner and his wife on their marriage. And I believe he was actually in Ireland at the same time as me for his honeymoon. So We'll leave it at that. We're just getting cooking. We're just getting started for season number two of Leafs Morning Take. Our live shows are going to come back in September as well. The hot takes will come back. Everything and then then some. We got a lot cooking behind the scenes when it comes to the show and how to make it better and and a better experience for everybody involved. So great job, Rosie. A lot of rust today from both of us. We we'll back in the mix in in, in a couple days' time.
0: Shake it off. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it.
2: There you have it. That's Jay Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe on YouTube. Just search Leafs Morning Take wherever you find your podcast as well. Take care.